it's not about inbound. It's not about outbound. It is working together as inbound and outbound together. And I call it all bound. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Wednesday, so this is our hashtag one thing episode. Sangram and I discuss various topics that are applicable to you and our community, like personal development, trends in the marketplace, big wins, big mistakes, and more. Here we go. Welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. We are in a three-part series on the future of ABM. Uh, I'm really excited to dive into this. If this is one of your first episodes, my name is James Carberry. I'm one of the producers of the show. And I am joined, as always, on these Wednesday episodes by Sangram Vajray. Sangram, how are you doing today, man? We're ready to go, man. This was so much fun to do the episode one of that series. Can't wait to dive into part two. Yes. So so with part two of this series that we're about to step into, I want to give kind of a rewind for folks that that haven't checked out part one yet. Can you give us kind of a brief overview, Sangram, of what part one was about before we dive into part two today? Absolutely, man. So the three-part series is Brutal Truth, the three stages of marketing and sales evolution, and Promised Land. So last one, we talked about Brutal Truth, in which we really unpacked and said, hey, let's just take the blinders off. And the reality is in B2B, the value of marketing is defined by sales. And the sooner everybody marketing sales, CEO, organizations recognize that, I think they can move forward towards addressing that. And, And we went through this magical five-year evolution that happens in the technology world that I've seen for the last 15 years or so from email marketing automation predictive to ABM. And what's interesting about all the past that that when people listen to the episode, they would identify is that email marketing automation predictive, all of them were platforms or, or tools or technologies or tactics to do one or two things. But ABM finally came about because it's more about strategy. And that has been really, really interesting. So at the end of the day, last time we concluded more or less on this idea that, look, whatever account-based word you want to use, you can go for it. But that's really is B2B marketing. And that is the brutal truth around where we are today. And, and now the question really is, in this episode, we're going to unpack these three different stages that I believe most marketing and sales organizations are. And we're not going to judge anybody. We don't. We want everybody to, to self-select in what stage they are. But I believe that we are in one of these stages and you are in one of these stages. So whichever stage you are in, you can look forward to the next stage and next evolution. So I'm hoping that you will look at this more as, as an opportunity to self-evaluate and move to the next level, as opposed to being critical around yourself and saying, well, why am I at this level? I love it. So we can just, let's just dive into to the first of these three stages. Singram, you, you call this, this first stage one night stands, which we've done an episode on this in the past, if you haven't already listened to it, but elaborate on, on this first stage for us. Hey, look, that's, it's no longer a secret. Uh, Forrester came out with the research that says that whatever marketing and sales is doing is not working. And, and they said that by this amazingly profound, profound stat that is less than 1% leads turn into customers. Let me say it again. Less than 1%, one, less than 1, 1, 1, 1% leads 
turn into customer, which literally means 99% of what you do as a marketing and sales organization doesn't drive shit, right? Mm -hmm. So you think about that and put your context as like, hey, look, it's not being critical. It is really being like opportunity, like, wait a minute, something got to change. So the reason I call it one night stands is because if you're getting that kind of hit rate, you are really not going for deeper relationships. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely not going for <laughs> uh, conversations, right? You're, you're just yeah. trying to score. And that kind of mentality can only take you so far. And the results speak for itself. I love it. Okay, so you have uh, a part in your talk where you talk about conversions, you talk about deals, and you talk about registration. Can you unpack for us each of those? Because they all kind of tie back to one night stands. Absolutely, man. I think the the first stage where or the stage that I feel most organizations are are on this all about leads mentality. And and again, nothing wrong with the lead as long as they're from the right account that you want to close. But we are in this hyper-focused conversion mindset. I want to get conversion on my form. I want to get conversion on my email. I want to get conversion on my landing page. All these things relate to how do I get a conversion and how do I get more from others as opposed to creating conversations. That's why I love the whole drift um, thought process around conversational marketing. I think they, they got it right. They like take away all this craziness in between that creates rift, but rather have conversations when somebody wants to have a conversation, don't force them. Or the other part is getting deals done where people think about, okay, I want to close X many deals in a month. Well, that's great. And you might be able to do that by providing a ton of discounts or incentives and these kind of things that happens in most organizations. That doesn't really create deeper relationships, James, right? And people really need to look at most successful salespeople I know, they don't try to close deals just because they want to close deals. They close deals because they feel it's the right thing for their customer or the future customer. And they're trying to build that relationship because they know that wherever this person go, they're going to buy from them. So it's a very different mindset. And the last part, registration, man, we are so numbers driven, like how many likes we get, how many downloads we get, how many people registered, all these things, as opposed to really, truly thinking about the intent about uh, on that part. Is that what they intended to do? Is that something that you want them to focus on? So to me, the whole point of this, this talk or this part of the presentation is, man, we were so focused on this immediate gratification of things, as opposed to this long game that we know is going to give us more value, more ACV, the annual contract value, more pipeline velocity because you you can close deals faster only and only if we stop being one night stands and, and start really deeper into the relationship. Yeah, I love it. And so another thing that you and I talked about right before we started recording this, Singram, is the reality that in so many organizations, marketing is working on leads where sales is working on accounts. And, and you said you never had, you never had a lead executive. They have account executives. They have AEs. Talk to us about this. Isn't that crazy, James? Like, yeah. isn't that crazy? Like, you know, yeah. we, and that's, that is the craziest part. Like we had this answer forever and we never looked at this and we said, whoa, account-based marketing is such a hot trend. Well, the reality is, marketers, I'm a marketer, so I'm being critical of myself. I have, I've been blindfolded for the last 15 years and giving leads to sales and never, ever thought about, oh, wait a minute, what's your title again? Oh, the salesperson is like, well, my title is account executive, which means I care about accounts, not leads. It is so crazy. So I think marketing working on leads and sales working on accounts has to stop. We have to go in there as one team. We have to go in there and, and fix this thing. And I think that's why 
ABM is so cool to salespeople. So make them your best friends. I love it. All right. So the first stage of you know marketing and sales evolution being one night stands, it's it's leads. The second stage, Sangram, is engagement. Talk to us about this stage. All right, Matt. So a lot of people might identify themselves as one night stand and be angry right now, but maybe, maybe you're doing something interesting in the engagement. I don't love this stage. I think I wish and I hope most people start moving in this direction, if not all, already. The idea that you have to be at the mercy of inbound is ludicrous. The reason is people are going to find you when they won't find you and, and you don't want to wait for it, especially if you're in B2B, because yeah. it should be like yellow pages. You should know who you're going after and you should be aggressive about that part or proactive around those things. So however you want to phrase it, it is not all about inbound. At the same time, this is what people get wrong, James. And I have really a ton of conversations and I hope today I can distill that. ABM is also not about outbound, right? Mm -hmm. It's not 100% SDRs, just cold calling and emailing, calling and emailing just because you gave them accounts. It's not about that. So to me, hopefully, the idea of all bound may sound interesting to people. And we had Chandar, uh, who is now the CMO of Coupa recently. He was CMO of Marketo, talk about that's what they're using in their organization. I wrote about this also in my book when I wrote it in 2015. It's the idea is it's not about inbound. It's not about outbound. It is working together as inbound and outbound together. And I call it all bound. And the point being that, hey, look, if they are coming in and if you are reaching out and all that stuff is happening at the same time, then you are going to be able to engage them on their terms. Give you a couple of examples real quick as before we get into the next one. Yeah. You know, think about a salesperson reaching out and identifying and they have the list of accounts from their marketing team. And now the salesperson is like, oh, wow, they just had a new round of funding. So now you're relevant and you congratulate, send them something about that and start having the conversation. Maybe second thing is you listen to them uh, on a podcast interview like this and say, oh, I listened to your podcast interview that you just posted last week and it was great. And you talked about these two things. I might be able to, to talk about this with you. And I love to learn more about how you're addressing those things. Be relevant around them. Mm -hmm. So you can literally bring the sales and marketing. There's just so much information out there. If you take the time to unpack it, sales and marketing doesn't have to be about a silo approach. It can be together every single time. I love it. So and this is another thing that we've talked about in the past, Sangram, but you say that engagement is the new measurement. Talk to us about that. I love that, man. I wish people would frame this thing. Like I want to frame this thing because, <laughs> because we, we do leads. We look at leads so much and that really puts us in a, in a mindset of just immediate conversion, immediate gratification. And when you think about engagement, you're talking about deeper relationships. So classic example, if your future customer is spending time with you on your website, on a call, on a webinar, on a conversation, on a, in, in a meeting, all these things are happening, you should think about those as engagement points. And the more engagement points you have, the higher is the propensity for them to buy. Classic, classic thing that happened to me when I was at Pardot through the acquisition of uh, Exact Target and Salesforce was we would go into the sales meeting and we talk about all these deals that the team closed. And I would always have somebody go back and look at the last 10 deals that were closed and map the whole path of what happened. And mm -hmm. what, what I would always find, James, is, well, the deal didn't close in the last 30 days, as the sales team said. It actually has been a two-year process. First time somebody actually connected with was, was one of the events of some other vendor that we attended and had the first interaction. Then they came in, and then there were three other people that came 
in and out for the last year and a half. And then in the last three months, it really accelerated where now there's, they were spending more time on our product pages and also spending more time on our webinars, downloading more of our eBooks. And now all of a sudden, there are five people in this company that were engaging in, in the last 30 days, and then we closed the deal. Mm. Point of that story is that you as a marketer today can truly help your sales team by looking at the engagement metrics and give them an insight into like, hey, guys, you think this is going to close? Let me tell you why it's, it might be a good idea that it, it might close because of the velocity of activities that I see online of these people from this company uh, uh, right now happening versus you think this is going to close. But if there's no activity, you can help the sales team understand that, hey, look, I understand that you think it's going to close, but it may not because there's no engagement. So yeah. to me, engagement truly is a new form of measurement that that I think marketing and salespeople should take a deep dive into. And to me, that's exciting, Sangram, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like with the tools that we have at our disposal today, we can reverse engineer that engagement. If we know that that engagement is the thing that's ultimately going to unlock that deal and to uh, allow that relationship to be kind of cemented and formed, you can proactively create that engagement. Am I off there? Absolutely true. And I think that takes time. That's why ABM is a strategy and, and it's, a, it's a mindset around how we want to engage with our future customers. It takes so much, it, takes, it just takes a little bit more effort to understand what it is, what, what there is for your future customers. As soon as you figure that part out, you can have all these engagement. It's almost, and I'm so glad you brought that point of James is because you can orchestrate engagement strategy. So engagement is not just about measuring success, but orchestrating a strategy to create more engagement that will lead to more more measurement. So to me, you're absolutely right. It's both in the front end to how do I create engagement? And maybe we should do an episode on that. And then the second part is how do you measure engagement? And in both cases, man, I wish, I really wish that if anything people can take from this episode is go back and look at what are your engagement metrics with your last 10 deals. Mm, I love it. All right, Sangram. So we talked about one night stands, which were leads. We talked about engagement and all bound. Now we're going to talk this third stage of the marketing and sales evolution is customer centricity. Talk to us about this last stage. Oh man, this is the beautiful, this is utopia before getting to the promised land <laughs> where, where I think most people would want to be today. And unfortunately, there are stats and studies that shows that they're not. We ourselves at Terminus, we feel like we want to be there. Uh, and I think some parts of it is that we feel we are there, but in some parts we're not. And, and it really hurts me deeply when I think about it. But the whole idea of customer centricity is something that we have talked about in, you know, on the podcast is having a one team mindset, which means your marketing, sales, your customer success, and your customers, your, your influencers, your advocates, everybody are thinking about the same goal in the same way, and you're moving in the same direction. So what happened for us when we went through this one team transformation, James, is Todd, who's our CRO, who people have probably heard on, on the podcast before, he yeah. said, fire me, fire me if this doesn't work. And that, <laughs> that to me was amazing. He didn't say fire the marketing team. He didn't say fire, you know, give me more budget or I need to hire more SDR. He literally said, fire me if this doesn't work. 
And then Peter, who you know, who was the Sears Decisions, he won the Sears Decisions Program of the Year uh, last uh, two years ago before we hired him because he was the best uh, as our CMO. He has no lead goal, right? So he's not worried about any lead. He's just focused on pure engagement. And Lucas, who runs our SDR team, he's the happiest guy right now because he believes that he's saving four hours a day because his team is not prospecting because they already have the accounts that this, that both Todd and Peter have agreed upon to focus on. Yeah. And the results are, are great, man. And I, I've started to believe that truly having this one team mindset towards customer centricity is a growth strategy. Uh, candidly, I, I think some of the results, and we've shared this publicly, so I'm no problem sharing this, is that we have seen 125% win rate our ACV, the annual contract value has gone 35%. And the sales velocity has been like 20 days faster uh, in terms of sales cycle. And I share that with not trying to boast about where we are and how we're doing and and those things. But I, I really want to implore that, man, taking this one team approach, and even though we are not perfect, these are the kind of results we're seeing. So imagine what it can be, because I'm sure there are many organizations there that are better than us, that are that are that have been there longer than us, and they may have more people to support them. We're still like 200 people or so a company. They may have more resources at their hand. I don't know. But if you take this one team approach, there's real talk, there is real uh, support for each other, and the results, man, are so beautiful. Yeah, you really can't argue with 125% increase in win rate from your first meeting, 35% increase in annual contract value, and a sales cycle that is 20 days faster as a result of you guys really living and breathing one team. I obviously hear you talk about it a lot here on the podcast, but I had never actually heard you share those results before. So that is, uh, it's not surprising, but it's incredibly encouraging to me as someone who is, you know, in, in my own business, trying to see those kind of results and understanding that when marketing and sales are, are truly aligned around kind of account selection as opposed to lead volume to see those kind of results that you guys are having, I think it's just incredible. Sangram, you also talked offline about this one team ABM scorecard. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Absolutely, man. And I think this is worthy of a unpacking. If people would, you know, want to learn more about this, like hit us up. Uh, or happy to do like literally, and I might get just Peter and Todd on it uh, to just talk about the ABM scorecard because that is one of the hardest thing for most organizations to do, and um, which is to build a scorecard that is fundamentally different that doesn't look like the lead and conversion rate metric. And what does it look like? And to us, the way it looks like is purely tiered. Uh, tier one, tier two, tier three, there are a set of accounts in each one of them based on the revenue potential of those accounts and the size of the deals and also the size of those companies. So we would do different things. And what we measure in that is is engagement. Are we able to create penetration in tier one? And what is the penetration penetration level look like? What percentage penetration do we have in it? Why don't we have more in these tier one accounts versus tier two accounts? So we're constantly talking about how do we create more engagement at each one of these tiers and how do we get deeper on it? And there are different teams, which is even more interesting as we have unpacked and learned ourselves some of these things. We have a different set of people working on tier one, which is typically enterprise. Tier two is mid-market and tier three, which is lower mid-market. And that means the sales and marketing alignment and activities are different based on different tiers and the impact that we'll have. And that scorecard James, has been really helpful because it's an evolving scorecard. It doesn't really exist in any tool. We hope we'll build it one day. 
in our own platform, but it, it's something that people have to bring data from so many different places. Uh, and the board and the executive team, we all look at it because this is helping us truly figure out the health of our, our business. So mm-hmm. it's been a profoundly important thing for us to do. That's such a really, really practical resource. If it's something that you want Sangram to elaborate more on, reach out. He's he's all over Twitter and LinkedIn. And because uh, I, I think this scorecard is is something that could absolutely be a game changer. You talk Sangram a lot about, you know, you only serve customers and future customers talk talk to us about you know that statement that you always say man that is the grand finale of this <laughs> this whole thing right at the end of the day you know if you really go back and think about the three things the one night stand is about leads there's no deeper relationship just want conversions you just want results and you just want to move on and that's what you want then that's what you're going to get and and it's not going to be pretty long run the mm-hmm. second stage is we think about the engagement is is all about creating, moving towards that deeper relationship where it's more about how are we going to serve them and how are we going to engage with them? And we're not going to let inbound or outbound compete against each other. We're going to complement them. And that's why we call it all bound. And the third level, where it's, which is all about customer centricity and, 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 and a way to think about that is through a one team mindset, which, which I truly believe is, is a growth mindset. It really brings me to this final point, as, as you said, you only serve customers and future customers. Nobody likes to be prospected. Nobody mm-hmm. likes to be hunted. Nobody likes to be, you know, pierced in their back with a spear. Nobody likes yeah. to get like people running around them like a target. All those yeah. words really creates a negative thought and negative approach. And I would say and go further and say, James, that it creates a negative activity for people and sales and marketing team is like, well, if they're just a prospect, the value is zero for yeah. you, right? And when they're a customer, oh, the value just raises up. And I feel like that is such a disservice to your business. That is such a disservice to humanity in general, where you don't treat two different people equally. And and I feel that's what I'm trying to really focus on is how do we always think about serving not just customers, but also future customers. So we treat everybody with respect and not just a number. I love it. So, uh, Sangram, as we wind down today's episode, paint a picture of what next week's episode is going to look like. Next week is the third part in the in the future of ABM series that we're doing here on these Wednesday episodes. Can you just give listeners a, a bit of a peek into what next week is going to look like when we talk about the promised land? It's going to surprise everybody. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, it is uh, it is the promised land, right? That's the finale, the last part of the, the series. And it is going to surprise. And I don't know what else I can say beyond that, because it will truly surprise. It surprised me as I was putting this present presentation together. Um, but it's, I, I think it's going to surprise a lot of people, especially because they look at Terminus and me as more of like, you know, obviously flip my funnel, but also a tech vendor. So, you know, people might have different thoughts around what my, what, I, what it might be, but, but the, this is not about technology. And, and I think we're going to unpack that a little bit. So listen to the brutal truth, because that's going to give you a sense of where we came from. Look, think about what we talked today as the three stages of market and sales evolution to just purely plot yourself on that chart and say where you are, where you want to go, and then get ready for next week because it's going to literally surprise you. Mm, I love it. So I'm super excited about it. Sangram, if you're listening to this, make sure to tune in next week to figure out what the promised land is as it relates to the future of ABM. Sangram, as always, has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, man. You got it. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. 
to make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.